new on Curiosity Stream. I'm James Burke. I'm going to take you on a journey through time. James Burke's visionary series returns, reimagined for our time. Now, this is all uncharted territory. The Washington Post hails Burke as one of the most intriguing minds in the Western world. The New York Times raves he careens from one great moment in history to another. Where do we want to go from here? Experience all new connections. So what's the next connection? With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at CuriosityStream.com. New on CuriosityStream. How do you connect a 16th century potato to limitless energy production? Could Napoleon's toothpick have a direct link to a machine that predicts the future? And how can a 1700s conch shell chart a course to humans connecting their brains to the internet? James Burke's visionary series, Connections, returns for a new generation. Experience all new Connections. With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at CuriosityStream.com. Welcome into the Stochastic.com MMA strategy show as we're getting you ready for Saturday's UFC Paris at afternoon card here in the U.S. Prelims start 12 p.m. Eastern time, main card 3 p.m. Eastern time. We are sponsored by Prize Picks. I'll tell you, I've already been over at Prize Picks. I found a couple of angles over at Prize Picks already for this fight card. Typically, this is when I say I'm now joined by the fighter, Pete Rogers Jr., but Pete's on vacation this week. So Josh is joining me. Josh, man, great to it's been a while since we've done a show together. It has been. It has been. I have not done a lot of MMA content as of late. I've been playing MMA as aggressively as I possibly can lately, uh, particularly since I went to Dallas with Adam uh, for his for his live final. Uh, that really stoked the the flames for me. The worst part is I missed two weeks ago. I missed the pay-per-view. I missed the Leon Edwards head kick. I was camping in the woods and I missed, you know, arguably the most interesting knockout ever in the UFC with a minute to go against the pound for pound number one fighter in the world. So I'd need to get back on MMA's good graces. The problem is I also have a wedding to go to this Saturday, but <laughs> luckily for me, this card is in Paris, and I can set my lineup before I leave. Because if this was your normal 5 or 6 o'clock start, I'd have been SOL again, and that wouldn't have been fun. Yeah, and with it being an early start, if there is any cancellations on Saturday, we should know pretty early on in the day. Uh, by the way, for Live 4 Lock, uh, Greg is going to be joining me on Saturday. We'll be here at 10 a.m. Eastern time, so bright and early. So i got to watch my, uh, my drink intake on Friday night. Yes. Yeah, you don't want this is not a good time to be hungover for the Saturday morning live before lock show. I've done it. I've done it. <laughs> I think I mean, all, I've I certainly think we, I've, I've certainly done it for the NFL. Yeah, I think I think we've all done it here. Before we get into the fights, gotta mention for the people who are not checking out what you do on the process with picking the right contest. And I know uh the video yesterday, you already started kind of breaking down the right contest to be in and yeah, I was happy to see that one of the contests you talk about is a contest I love, and that's the Haymaker. Yeah, uh, to me, it's the Haymaker and the the contests that end up looking like the Haymaker for different sports. It's the birdie in golf, uh, the four-seamer in baseball. It's the 20 max contest that's either going to be like three or four bucks to get in. It's, In my opinion, it's sort of the best combination of a prize pool and the softest field that you're going to find. Because when you're only putting in 20 lineups into, in this case, a field of uh, like 14,000, it doesn't allow the Sharps to corner the market as much as they can in a 150 max. Let me pull up. I can pull up my, my data on this so we could talk about it a little bit further. But the, uh, the reason I like that is because 
what you really want to do is you would like to have as many entries as you possibly can. And you don't want to be going up against the awesomos of the world. You don't want them to have the 3% of entries that they have the ability, you normally have the ability to have. So for the Haymaker this week, if you max it, there's 13,872 entries. If you max it, you have 20 of them. That's 0.14% of all of the field. No matter how many sharps are in this contest, there's going to be a lot of dead weight. That's going to make it a bit softer. I also uh, had someone reach out to me yesterday. So shout out to Britt, um, who watched the process show for it and mentioned that uh, he believes the second big contest, so the second version of the throwdown that comes out, is likely the highest EV contest that we're going to see. A lot of that has to do with the fact that people are basically just running their same 150 lineups from the big contest into the smaller and you're leaving a lot on the table there because for the bigger contest, for the mini max, for the throwdown where you're getting 25,000 plus entries, you need to have some garbage in a lot of your lineups. It's a race to the bottom in a way. You are you really need to try to minimize your duplications as much as possible. If you like a lineup, it's probably not a great one. You're probably duping with like 100 people <laughs> yeah. and costing yourself money. But if you're making lineups for the big con for like for the big throwdown, and the second one gets released at a third of the size, you're too contrarian for that second contest if you play the same lineups. And we're seeing a lot of overlap between the two. So you really need to pay close attention to, one, just simply the payout structure of the contest. But two, the size of the contest matters a ton. If I'm talking about garbage at the bottom for the Minimax, there's 60,000 entries in that contest. You need low-owned fighters to try to improve your stance and to not be duped. It's a lot different if you're getting in, say, the arm bar that has 8,300. You could afford to not have to dig out of the bottom in those contests because you don't have as many people that you need to compete with. Yeah, I mean, I, the one thing that I do in the Haymaker, just me, if there is a fighter I really like, I do consider locking him in. If it's someone that I'm like, you know what? I, I just look at that ceiling as I think they can get a first round finish. I, I did a couple weeks ago. It didn't necessarily work out with Terrence McKinney, but there are, there are times where, because like, you know, I, Alex has talked about this line, but play against the field, not against yourself. So like in those 20 max, I, I will tell you, I get crazy with my lives and, and I'm really, when I go in the cruncher, I'm, I'm really going deep diving and exposures and really just trying to get as crazy lines as I can. Yeah, uh, and I have no problems with going that aggressive, particularly in the Haymaker. So the last time that I played uh, was the the Cheeto Vera Dom Cruz card. I had 90% Cheeto Vera in the Haymaker that particular week. I'm very happy with the way that that worked out as well. But if, if it gets to 100, there's nothing that's going to stop me. And luckily, in a contest like this, I don't have to be as ridiculous just grabbing whoever the $6,900 fighter is or the 7K fighter, and that's just sort of my path to victory. You can put together lineups that you actually like in the Haymaker. Well, especially that week. Cheeto was, what, 8,500, 8,400, something like that? You know, anytime uh, that you can get right. a, 
anytime you get a salary discount on the main event, like we're going to talk about the main event here in, in a moment. There's there's no yeah. salary discount uh, on Surreal Gone. I mean, it's just, and I'll tell you right now, you know, looking at our top fire tool over stochastic.com, look at what we got project for ownership. I'll be well under the field of Surreal Gone at 9,500. Tatu of six, 6,700. Of course, as we do this show, FanDuel salaries are not out. They typically come out sometime Thursday afternoon here. Like, this is a fight that I just don't love for, for DFS. I mean, Josh, more times than not, we're talking about the main event. It's a priority fight. Like, yeah. honestly, the main event, co-main event this week are not priority fights for me. Like, like I look at Surreal Gone. He's probably going to keep this fight range. He's not a guy that's going for a quick fish. Neither is Todd Tuavasa. Even though Tuavasa, you know, is a guy that, that loves to throw the haymakers, he's just not a guy that goes out there and wins in a minute, two minutes. It's typically, if it happens in the first round, it's later on the fight. For me, if Tuavasa is going to pull this off, it's about him getting this fight up against the fence, making a clinch-type fight, and making it a brawl. You tell me this thing's at range, give me Surreal Gone all day, but... I don't love the $9,500 price point on DK. No, neither do I. Um, and I'm just going to say right now, I've, I've, I have grabbed all the data from Stochastic. I've got our top fighters tool. Uh, that drives a lot of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And that's just sort of my baseline. I have run, I, I crunched 10,000 lineups overnight. <laughs> I got that loaded into my sheet. I've got everything. If, if lock were now, I'm ready to go. And I would be like a third of the field. On Surreal Gone, we've got him at 54% ownership. I have 16% right now. I clearly, I think that he is the more talented fighter. If you think differently, uh, you probably haven't seen a lot of fights. That doesn't mean that Tai Tuivasa can't knock him out because uh, that is the path to victory. But Surreal Gone, technically speaking, is just on a completely different level than Tai Tuivasa. That said, I think his efficiency is going to be a detriment here based on that $9,500 price tag. I just think there are much more efficient ways to spend that money than to go to gone when he's already in half of the lineups. I was thinking, I'd, I think I'll be in the 30% range on gone. I mean, I still want to get there. And yeah. and look, I'm going to take sprinkles. I mean, we got a project. We got Todd to Vasa at 17%. I think I'll be somewhere near there uh, you know typically sometimes in cash games i love playing cash like i do look at the underdogs in the main event and co-main event as potentially little cash staples like leon edwards perfect example of that you know going inside i was like even if leon loses i still think that that ceiling is kind of you know is a uh, the floor it is a good floor to to maximize me getting to other places here but i just i, I mean two of us look we all know the power he has in his hand but you're right it's real God. There's a reason he is the number two heavyweight in the world right now. He should win this fight, you know, but look, the fan in me, do I want to see Tatu Avasa get up on that, that cage and do and do a shoey? Hell yeah, of course. Like, like but I, it's not going to happen. Now he may still do a shoey and a loss though. Uh, he, if it's, especially if it's a, like, if he gets knocked out in 40 seconds, he's not doing anything fun, but there's a path where like he survives this fight and, you know, it's one of those the heavyweights are like hugging it out after 25 minutes type joints. I don't expect that either, but I don't. Um, it's weird. I'm team shoey for him and not team <laughs> shoey for me because like I have no interest in that. And I'm willing to do a lot of dumb stuff on a day to day basis. That one's not it. I have no interest there. I, I, I like betting him, honestly. Like I'm going to have him in DFS because I don't have a choice. That's just how this works. He's 6,700. We've got him projected for 17% ownership. In large field contests, Tuivasa is a guy that I am getting to. We're talking about a mini max in this case. 
uh, as you work smaller, as you work into like the arm bar, for instance, that has 8,000 people, that's a spot where I'm more likely to get to Surreal Gan and less likely mm-hmm. to get to Tuivasa. But when we get to the main event on Saturday, I will likely be cheering for Tai Tuivasa to win by knockout, and that <laughs> will help me out. That's way more fun at the very least. On the betting side, if you want to take a sprinkle on Tai Tuivasa, just go after that TKO, TK, TKO, KO prop plus 650. I mean, that's just a, that's a great prop up there. Uh, I do like this real gone wins inside the distance minus 150. Uh, you know, and then maybe a sprinkle of surreal gone wins via submission, uh, which is plus 350. I think that's an, a little bit of an interesting prop to play out there, but uh, you know, the, you know, it's just. I, I mean, the value on Surreal Gone was there a couple weeks ago when he, he was yeah. minus 300. That, that number is way gone. Yeah, long gone, long gone. I mean, and, and that you should expect that. And I don't think that this is going to move all that much over the next couple of days either. He's just... Look, Tai Tuivas is fun, and he is an incredible draw. Uh, the gap in skill here is is pretty massive. And honestly, like one of the bigger skill gaps we'll see over the course of a year that's not to say anything negative about Tuivasa, but he is just not simply the same sort of fighter as Cyril Gan. He's in for some tough sledding. Do I want him to win? Like, yes, but at the same time, I don't know where he goes. I don't know what a tie Tuivasa win and title shot looks like. Does he even get a title shot? I think he wins. He's calling out John Jones. And like, I mean, that, John Jones that, is like and, John so, Jones wants that fight immediately. Okay. But he'd probably do it tomorrow. This is what the UFC really wants. The UFC yeah. wants Ngannou Jones. That's the fight they really want. Now, the odds, uh, obviously, Ngannou's still recovering from knee surgery, and they and Jones wants to fight in December. So the reality is that fight's not going to happen. It, it sounds like there's been some some you know some roadblocks hit and a potential Jones Miocic matchup. So it would not surprise me if the winner of this fight faces Jones for the interim title in the main event of the December pay per view. I mean, if John Jones is licking his chops at the proposition of facing Tai Tuivasa. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I totally. if, you think, if you think the lot if this line is long, it's longer if it's Jones. Oh, no question about it. And you know, Samuel brings up the point. Gon's a smart fighter. Doubt he's really gonna try to bang with Tuivasa. Completely agree. He he's just yeah. to me, he's gonna stick at range and go in there. Of course, uh, be sure to smash that thumbs up button. Of course, that really does help us out. Hit that subscribe bell. You know we got a uh, uh, ton of shows here each and every day and of course if you're not a platinum member over at stochastic.com and you want to get a little peek what's behind the paywall today's free premium day and tools our mlb player projections of course the strategy show is coming up after us as greg and i will get you ready for today's mlp slate let's move over to the co-main event you got robert whitaker and martin vittori 8800 for for the former champion in Whitaker, 7,400 for Vittori. I do not like this fight at all when it comes to DFS. I think it's a fight that's going to play out on the feet. Uh, I do like the underdog here in Vittori. I, I do like this number here of what he's getting, especially on the, the betting side of the equation, approaching a two-to-one betting underdog in this one. Look, Whitaker's had great takedown defense. I think this fight plays out on the feet. Do I think Whitaker's a better striker? Yes. Uh, but I I just like if I'm looking to take some dog shots here in betting, it'd be a Marvin Vittori. But like in DFS, I just I just don't think the ceiling's very high on this fight. Neither do I. Uh I have a very minimal set of exposures going to Whitaker. I don't actually have any Vittori. I like Vittori more from a betting standpoint than a DFS standpoint. This is just a really difficult fight to want to go to from for a DF like. I think Whitaker's exceptional. I think Vittori's exceptional. Like, these are two 
very, very high level fighters. And I, I can see this fight looking more like a stalemate than anything else where neither guy is going to get a, I don't expect either guy to get a finish. And I don't expect there to be so much volume or so many takedowns or knockdowns that I just think it's going to be hard for either guy to accumulate anything. We actually have Marvin Vittori with a 14% chance of being a top six fighter compared to 24% ownership. To me, that is the most over-owned guy on the card, and that's why he's showing up in nothing for me. Now, can he win? I, that's why I would prefer to bet on him based on that data mm -hmm. than I would rather have him in a DFS lineup. Even for Whitaker, who I actually think I'm slightly underrepresented to, I'm still just neutral to the field. Most of that is just simply that 8,800, I think, is a price tag that works pretty well for him. But I'm not, I really want to watch this fight. I, I don't expect mm -hmm. it to matter much for DFS. To me, the problem with the 8800 price point for Robert Whitaker is, okay, I'm I'm trying to get to 650, 700 points on, on DraftKings. Okay, yeah. what is my path to Robert Whitaker getting 100-plus points? I got to get either at least one knockdown, at least a takedown, and I just don't see either one of those happening here. You mentioned about the fact of this is a fight likely going to go to distance. Marvatoria has gone the distance in 10 of his 11, last 11 fights, and you talk about his only stoppage victories in the UFC, Albert Uda and Carl Roberson. Both of those were first-round submissions. <laughs> those guys are, uh, yeah, they're not on the level of Robert Whitaker. I mean, like... Slightly like, different me, than Whitaker. Yeah, I mean, like, I want to see where ownership goes. If you tell me that ownership on Robert Whitaker gets under 25%, 23%, then I might take some sprinkles, but I just, I don't love the ceiling beginning over a hundred points, which right now we have him at 24% chance uh, of going over a hundred points. I just, that's why for me, this is primarily going to be a pass for me in terms of DFS. But look, if you want to get there because you're looking at some other fights, I'm not going to, you know, rail on you about it but it's just it's just not a place i want to get to i just i don't understand the point of this fight like, like what does the winner get out of this <laughs> they're both they're both are the biggest alice behalf fans and for uh, they really are uh which you know could happen obviously i just i look at this fight and i think that both of these guys should be facing two other people so that one of them could potentially lose and become an actual challenger because if this breaks the right if adesanya wins this fight becomes totally meaningless and only hurts the loser it doesn't really help the winner at all just weird matchmaking don't i don't totally get it i expected whitaker to go up to 185 uh well whitaker's talked about going to 205. 205 rather sorry yeah, yeah, he, he's he did an interview with uh, Submission Radio guys, and he talked about that. He said he goes, his only concern about it, uh, he said he goes, look, I don't want to go 205 and just be a fat, light heavyweight. He goes, I want to yeah. get there the right way. He goes, but what does concern me is I would just be at a height disadvantage. And he goes, that's the one concern. I mean, he's looking at it the right way as opposed to not having to cut the weight there. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, – but, look, if Izzy – uh, defensive style there in November, it wouldn't surprise me if he vacates the 185 pound belt and moves up to 205. It wouldn't surprise me either. It would make a lot more sense, and then they could just run back Whitaker Vittori for the title. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's just it's both these guys are just uh, just in a awful position there. Of course, I appreciate everyone tuning in here for the strategy show. If you're not a Stochastic Plus member, which why are you not? We got a great offer for you right now. Get 50% off your first week of any weekly pass. So you want to knock in that MMA weekly pass, get 50% off your first week. This is for new users only. You got to use that promo code MMA strategy show. Josh was talking about that top fire tool. It's the tool that I use each and every week. A little you it, when you're a member, you log in the site, you can export it right to Excel. And then I start kind of sorting it the way that I want to sort it a little bit. Uh, but like to me, obviously, ownership is the thing that I'm looking at. But that top six percentage is the other big thing that I'm looking at, that top fire tool. It's it, when you're creating multiple lives, it's it's a tremendous asset. It's it's everything for me. It's the first thing that I paste into my Excel model. Um, it's the most important tool for me. Most of our top whatever tools are the tools that I go straight to. Top pitchers, mm-hmm. top stacks in baseball, top fighters here, top golfers. Those are the tools that I'm going to because it's the, it, the advanced analytics that we have now are it's so much more important than just simply looking at a fantasy point projection. And we've got a ton of stuff coming for the NFL. NFL starting next week. I'll be I'll be in Dallas next uh, next Saturday. So uh, I'm not sure if I'll be here for live for Luxie. It'll be a long time I arrive in Dallas, but uh, okay. yeah, we play we play Sunday night next week. So uh, yeah, that'll be a late night for me. So uh, that'll be getting back to Tampa at like four or five o'clock in the morning on Monday morning. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> Luckily, although I can, I can say I have had a good night in uh, Dallas on the late night. So enjoy that. I can sleep on the airplane. That's not a problem. Well, we we leave right after the game's over. I mean, we're 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 straight to the airport. We're on go. that charter flight. We're right back at Tampa. So, That's fair. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. But I can sleep. I can sleep on a plane. Give me give me a window seat. I'm good. I'm I'm, I'm the good. same way. I, I will. I just want to curl up, put my head to the side, stuff it into like a hoodie or something. I'll bring a sleep mask depending on which which how long the flight's going to be. It's a good time. I like. I, I don't. I don't mind it at all. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, I got that Germany flight uh, in a couple months from now. So that, it's like eleven hours. Yeah, that one I don't want. <laughs> that one I don't want. Yeah, I I will definitely be sleeping that whole flight. No doubt about it. Uh, let's move over to the next matchup. We got Lesko Dicherico taking on Roman Kopolov. Kopolov is eight thousand eight two hundred for uh, Lesko Dicherico. Uh, Kopolov really has been a major disappointment since coming over to the UFC. He's now zero and two. In the UFC, uh, losing to Carl Roberson and Albert to Raev. Uh, it was a third round submission loss against Carl Roberson and then a decision loss against uh, Duraev prior to uh, signing with the UFC. And a lot of people were high on this guy. Uh, seven of his eight fights were uh, wins were via stoppage. Uh, you look at the other side, Jericho. First fight in over a year, uh, which was a 17-second knockout against uh, Abdul Razik Al-Hassan. He's one in four in his last five. Uh, that only win was a first-round win against Joaquin Buckley. Uh, three of his four uh, losses are via decision. And we mentioned about that top fire tool. If you look at that top fire tool, um, if you're looking for leverage, <laughs> this is the fight to look at. I don't have much of this one. Uh, if you just look at top six odds and compare it to every other fight on the card, this is the least likely fight to produce a top six scoring fighter. Uh, that's not very good. Um, we're really falling off from a talent perspective after talking <laughs> Whitaker Vittori. We're going yeah. in a very different direction. Uh, I am underweight to DeChirico right now. I, I basically don't have anything of value here. This is the second lowest exposed fight 
that I had. No, actually, it has moved. It is the lowest exposed fight that I have behind Whitaker Vittori. I don't really have much else to say here. We're talking top six odds at 19% and 17%. That's the only fight on the card with both people under 20. I just don't like it. And based on every piece of data that we have, literally anything could happen and I would believe it. Except for talent. that I wouldn't believe them to be skilled in their output. From the fight aspect, the angle that could be very beneficial from a DFS perspective is I do wonder if DeCherico will go the takedown route. I think there is a path there. Uh, that, to me, would be the reason I would want to get to DeCherico is just potentially that takedown. But, yeah, I'm like you. This is a fight that uh, I'll be making sure minimum exposure on this one. Yeah, I don't. Uh, let's see. What's, what's my actual total? 25% of the entire 600% that you get. So not a not a lot going on here. Literally, tomorrow morning is usually the morning that I put in my pro plays and I'm doing all that. And literally what I do is I, I have the spreadsheet. I print the spreadsheet out and then I've got like four different highlighter colors. And then basically I'm like, okay, these are the priority fights. You know, this is the fights that I'm like, hey, cruncher, you know, very minimum. You know, sometimes I'll set groups, you know, so I mean, like, look, if people, if people saw my, my spreadsheet, <laughs> they go, dude, how do you read this stuff? <laughs> I know the feeling because <laughs> the, the amount of like different highlights and random columns and stuff that I have, if people saw it, they'd be like, can I get that? And I'd be like, you could have it. It's going to get you nowhere because this stuff is so random and haphazard, but I know what I'm looking at. And that's really all that matters. Oh, it's like, well, I was watching a process video yesterday and you lost one of your tabs on Excel. I'm like, yeah, I can relate to that. That is a relatable moment. Like, where the hell did that tab go? That's It wasn't fun. <laughs> and then I realized that I just dragged it over. See, I've been having, I've got a wonky mouse right now. I actually changed to a different mouse while we were on this show. It's been really weird lately. So I think that was part of my problem yesterday yeah. at least. Yeah, but Sherico Kapilov, really just a fight that we get to, and, and the projections that we have are as low on both sides. Next up, uh, there are some underdogs I do like, and that this is one of those underdog situations. John McDessie taking on Nazareth, Haparaz, Haparaz, a minus 230 betting favorite. When you look over on the DraftKings side of the equation, 8,700 for Nazareth, Haparaz, 7,500 for John McDessie. John McDessie, uh, it's been a while since we've seen him, has not fought in 17 months, April of 2021. He is 4-1 in his last five. All those fights have gone the distance. The last time John McDessie won a fight via stoppage, April 25th, 2015, against Shane Campbell. Uh, then you look at the air, it's like, Habras, he's another one of these guys that he came in the UFC, and there was a point where we all thought that, hey, man, this guy could be a, a potential title challenger. He loses Drew Dober. It just really has never lived up uh, to that hype. This fight was supposed to take place back in February. That ultimately did not happen. Hapras, seven of his nine fights have gone distance. Look, this is a fight that's likely to go in 15 minutes. But this is an underdog shot that I want to take in McDessie. I was surprised. I, I thought that McDessie would grade out a little bit better for me, and he just didn't. I, I am getting to Hakbaras a bit. Uh, we have him projected for 28% chance of being a top six fighter, 26% ownership. So a little bit of uh, positive there in relationship from that top 6% to ownership. Uh, McDessie slightly behind 13% in top six, 14% in ownership. I don't have a ton that I like. I, I don't have a lot of confidence in McDessie. Although for some reason, the moment that I saw this fight, I saw... McDessie by KO, and I don't like 
I immediately flipped that out of my head and thought like, well, that's not going to be what the actual outcome is. McDessey is, if I look, pull up the odds, I don't know if you said them before. Do we have them here? Yeah, plus 650 to win by TKO or KO. That's basically the same odds of Tai Tuivasa winning by TKO or KO. Does that seem crazy to you? Because one of those guys is 7,500. The other is 6,700. Yeah, well, like if you look at our top fire tool, we've got the KO win percentage. Tatu Avasa, 12%. Yeah. McDessey, 10%. Which is understandable. Those are both, you know, I mean, it's just McDessey just hasn't done it, but the guy cracks. I mean, there is, and, and there is a little bit of history between these two guys, both training at TriStar. If you look at McDessey's social media, let's just say he's a little fired up for this matchup. <laughs> he is indeed. I just don't know if it's going to matter for him. It, it, like, where is, where, what's his career look like? Where's he going? From this point, hasn't been in the cage in 18 months. If this goes wrong, he's got one win in the past two and a half years. Like, he doesn't seem long for the UFC any longer. He's not young. He's 37 years old. I can say that as a 37 year old Uh, man. You know, look, I'll use the G word here. Gatekeeper. Yeah, I think I think he's he's at that point where he's a guy the UFC is going to use as to potentially showcase someone else. It's fair. You know, but I mean, look, it's it's a fight that I expect to go 15 minutes, but I, I don't mind, you know, taking some stabs on McDessey. I don't think I'm going to get to Hopper Ross here at all. I will tell you, I mentioned about over on prize picks. There was uh, some ones that I do like here. I actually do like the under 85 and a half fantasy score for Hopper Ross. Just not a volume puncher. I just don't think he's going to get that number even in a win. Um, that's one of those numbers I'll sit there. I'll tell you another one. We'll talk more about prize picks in a little bit. Robert Whitaker, I like the over 16 and a half significant strikes over there. Um, there, there are uh, there's there's four different prize picks plays that really have stuck out to me, but we'll talk more about prize picks here in a little bit. But uh, you know, don't don't you know, don't love this fight for GPPs, but I'll I'll get a, a sprinkle of it on both sides. I don't love it either. Um I would like to, when we get closer to Saturday, have a bit of a share or some shares of MacDessy because I don't think the zero that I have right now is totally correct, <laughs> just given salary and given the way that I think if I, I think he is a lot like when when he wins, I think he can win in fashion that will pay off a $7,500 salary. So I don't love the data just giving me zero right out of the gate, but that's something I could pretty easily manipulate and get to, you know, something in that 10% range that doesn't really change my like wholesale portfolio. Next up, we got a matchup of two guys making their UFC debuts. Both of them taking this fight on about a month's notice here. You got William Gomez minus 220 taking on Jarno Aaron's at plus 180. This is the 8,600, 7,600 matchup. Uh, William Gomez, uh, you know, he is trained by Fernando Lopez, of course, uh, who is the head trainer for Surreal Gone uh, out of Paris, France. So I think we both know why he's he's been put on this fight card. He, he's a young, uh, 25 years old. He's a green fighter, does have some fast hands. Um, this is one of those fights where, you know, majority of his wins have come via stoppage, but when I've got two guys making their UFC debut, I'm not taking a big stand on either one of these guys. I'll be I'll be well under the field on what we're projecting on William Gomez. I, I don't, you know, we're projecting him at 40%. I'll probably be maybe in the 20 25% range on him. It's just a fight that it's a young fighter, green fighter, and I'm not sure what to expect. So I'm matching the top six odds on Gomez here. 
and I'm even heavier on errands. This is a fight where I expect a finish, and I don't have a great feel on which side that's going to be coming from. Uh, I I did a little bit of research on this one earlier because I did not really recognize either one of these names. So this was one (laughs) of the first spots that I had to uh, uh, pretty aggressively dig in. Um, Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so (laughs) you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. I'm interested to see any of the grappling from Aaron's. I, I assumed just looking at him and looking at his profile that it was just straight striking and that wasn't necessarily the case. So I have 21% Aaron's. He is 13% owned. This is one of the bigger gaps. We've got 17% odds of being a top six fighter. So I like that sort of positive leverage mark there for Aaron's. Gomez is slightly over-owned, 37% top six, 40% in ownership but I think that price tag works because there are a couple guys around him that don't don't have the same sort of finishing odds. Like if we look at Whitaker at 8,800, 21% KO. Hockbrast, 26% KO. Figlak at 8,500. So we're going $100 lower here. 19% odds of the KO. Gomis, 41%. He's existing in this salary tier with odds of finishing that are significantly higher than the guys around him. And that's why I'm still able to get there, even though I think he might be slightly overowned. I like Figulak's abilities right now where he's at, as opposed to uh, Gomes. I mean, look, Gomes may end up being something, but you know, to me, it's just when you watch him on film, I, there are some mistakes that you see that people can't take advantage of. It's just, it's these are the fights that scare the crap out of me. Two guys make their yeah. debut, both on short notice. It just it it just scares the crap out of me. So it that it scares the crap out of me in a good way. I'm willing to just sort of push my chips in. I have 58% of this fight in total. So I want some sort of finish. I don't really care which one it is. In now, theory, I want it to be Gomez just because I have yeah. more, but at the same time, an Aaron's big win at 21% ownership will put me in a really nice spot moving forward and then sort of unlock. When you can get the underdogs right, it makes it really fun to be able to cheer for favorites later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why I don't like playing the first five of the night because you lose that fight. It just really just kills the rest of your, you know. It looks like I'm playing that first night. fight of the night if this first fight of the night is correct. And I'm not happy about it either. 
Oh, that's Edgar Perez. That's that's the first fight of the night. Ugh. Yeah, great. Lucky, lucky me. Yeah. I'm, I'm heavily yeah. exposed there. We'll get to it. Yeah. Uh, in the uh, hashtag will watch uh, category, Charles Jordan, Nathaniel Wood. This has got banger written all over. Charles Jordan yeah. is a slight favorite in this one. 8,400, for Nathaniel Wood. Both these guys fought less than two months ago. Jordan uh, had that decision loss against Shane Burgos. Nathaniel Wood. Got the decision win there against Charles Rosa. That was the first time that Nathaniel Woods stepped up to the 145 pound division. From a, a frame aspect of you know he is you know a little shorter for his division, but you know muscular wise he's there. Uh, he's just not cutting a ton of weight anymore to fight at 135 pounds. Uh, you know someone I, I saw over our Discord chat a little earlier was asking about stacking this fight. I. If you tell me Nathaniel Wood goes the takedown route, which I do believe is the smart fight IQ thing to do in this one, I don't mind that theory in cash. I don't know if I want to get there in GPP. I understand why someone would want to stack it. You need a ton of volume. I, I do like the Charles Jordan uh, significant strike number over prize picks, which is 70 and a half. If I think this fight's going 15 minutes and you look at, uh, especially his recent history, when he's gone three rounds, he's landed over hundred significant strikes. Um, I, I do give a slight edge to Charles Jordan in this one, but Nathaniel Wood to me is a sneaky GPP play because of the takedown upside. This is the fight that I have more exposure to than any other fight on the card. Um, Jordan is my highest exposed fighter at this moment, 55%. Uh, we've got him with a 32% chance of being a top six fighter, 29% ownership. We actually have Wood slightly more owned, but I'm still getting to Wood. I'm with the field here. Uh, the, the interesting piece for Wood is of all the fighters that are 7,900 or below. So we're talking the 7Ks plus uh, Perez and Tuivasa. Wood is the only one with... KO odds that cross the 20% barrier. The only one other than Kionis with a 20% or higher top six odds. You're going to see that at 7,800. That's just sort of how the salaries work with relationship to the betting odds. But I think Wood is in a great spot. I expect a ton of activity in this fight. This is the one that I'm cornering the market on. I'll take the upset for Wood, but right now, Jordan is my number one exposed fighter because 8,400 is a price tag where I think he's very likely to be optimal if this breaks correctly. Now, Theo Woods, one of five fighters under 8K that I have highlighted as guys that I want to get to, want to take chances hard. Now, there, yeah. there's some fighters that are under that 8K that I don't necessarily love, like a Marvin Vittori is one of those, John McDessie, uh, another one. And, and what I'm saying I don't love is from a GPP ceiling upside of getting over 100-plus points. But, like, I look at someone like the Theo Woods. We're going to talk about Dustin Solfus here uh, in, in the next matchup. Joaquin Buckley is another one because of the finishing upside that those guys have uh this you know thaniel wood is definitely somebody i want to get to and this will be a priority fight for me i'm i want to have all of it i'm hoping somehow that like the wood ownership goes down a little bit as we get closer to lock and then i <laughs> i could feel like i'm getting over on it a little bit more but for right now i i, I have more of this fight by a mile 83% total exposure to this fight. So Oof. only 17% of my lineups don't have someone from this fight. Next closest fight here is uh, the fight that we're going to talk about next with Stolfus at uh, 65%. So I've got 18% more of this fight than I have of anything else. So basically what you're telling me is that this fight isn't optimal. You're just not watching the rest of the card? I, I probably <laughs> won't see a ton if this one doesn't go the way that I needed to, which is a quick finish. 
We have all been there. We have all been there. Of course, uh, we are sponsored by Prize Picks. Of course, if you've not a if not signed up over prize picks, sign up right now at prizepicks.com. Use that promo code awesome. They got an instant first match deposit of up to $100. I mentioned there are some props over there that have stuck out to me. Uh, I mentioned about that Nasrat Hapras fantasy score. I like the under 85 and a half. I like the over 70 half significant strikes on Charles Jordan. I'm thinking this fight's going to go 15 minutes. So I think he's going to, he should easily be able to hit that number. I do like the over. 16 and a half significant strikes on Robert Whitaker. And the other one that is a interesting one play, not a, a strong lean on this one, is the uh Mihail Fig uh Figlock two takedowns. I like the over there. I think he, he can go the takedown route there. So uh there are some interesting angles, and and I talk about this on prize picks all the time. If you like something on Thursday, go make that prop bet right now. Yeah. Do not wait till Saturday because uh one of the things that I do is on Saturday morning, I'll go over to Price Picks and I'm just looking at what ones have changed. And usually, the ones that are uh, mispriced get changed get uh, get yeah. changed pretty quickly. And make sure you're using Odd Shopper as well to check out some of this uh, when when you're at Price Picks. I'm talking Price Picks in general. It might not yeah. necessarily be as as active for you from an MMA standpoint, but in these situations where you can cross reference picks from Odd Shopper to Price Picks. There's going to be juice on Odd Shopper. There's not juice on Prize Picks. So if you find a prop that's like minus 170 on one of those sides, and at Prize Picks, there, there's there is no minus 170. It's 50 50 on both sides. So you can use Odd Shopper, another one of our tools, mm-hmm. hand in hand with Prize Picks. And it's not going to be the same for MMA because we're not digging that in depth into uh, player props for UFC, but. I'm sure that's coming down the line. It just hasn't been the priority yet. But for everything else that we're offering from Prize Picks, um, Odd Shopper will help you out as well. You know, you talk about cross sports entries that you can do over Prize Picks. Matt Jesse does a tremendous job with our college football coverage. Yeah, uh, I know those guys have been cranking out coverage over the last couple of days. Of course, uh, college football really getting kicked off here tonight. So you know, you can cross reference there some some UFC on Saturday, college football on Saturday. And of course, everything else that's going on with Prize Picks. So uh, use that promo code Awesomeo. Sign up right now over at PrizePicks.com. You can download their app in the App Store, and we use that promo code Awesomeo. They got instant first match deposit of up to one hundred dollars. Let's move over to the next one. We got Solfus and Magomedov. Magomedov, he is the favorite of this one. Eighty nine hundred, seventy three hundred here for Dustin Solfus. And look, Dustin Solfus is look. Not a great fighter. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and, and say he is here. Uh, this is the first fight in nearly two years for uh, Magomed. Uh, if you don't d- take a deep dive in this, you would think he's Russian. Now he's German. So his last fight was in <laughs> KSW back in 2020. He's had three canceled fights in the UFC over the last two years. He's pulled out two of those fights. Uh, he did compete back in the PFL in 2018. Now, he is a finisher. 19 of his 24 wins come via stoppage. Uh, Stolfus, second fight in less than two months. Had a nice performance there against the White Grand back in July. That did snap a three-fight losing streak. He's one and three in, in the UFC. I don't mind taking some sprinkles here on Stolfus. Potentially a submission here. I have more Stolfus than I care to admit at this moment, <laughs> uh, particularly for a plus two something underdog. Um, for him to win inside distance, those lines don't look all that tasty either. But 
we have this as the third most likely fight to have a top six fighter behind the main event and uh, another fight that we have not gotten to yet. But this one I have heavy exposure to again, um, much like uh, the previous fight that was fourth in top six odds in the aggregate. This one is third and I'm over that ownership metric. So I'm heavily exposed to Stolfus at this point. We'll just say in the 30s, which is a an <laughs> amount of which is an amount of a $7,300 fighter that you don't really get excited for. This is one of those that you watch it, and when it breaks right, you're like, okay, I've got 50 lineups that are still alive. Otherwise, you got 50 lineups that are probably dead. Uh, Magomedov on the other side, I'm still getting to because I love the odds. You know, 40% chance of being a top six fighter, 40% ownership. It's neutral there. I don't mind the price tag all that much, but I am a little lighter. 27% exposure, but all told, the second most exposed fight for me on the card. It's one of those things where I look at ownership and I'm always looking at that 89, 88 and up fighters. And I'm saying, where am I going to get some leverage? There, There is a chance to get some leverage. If you want to get away from gone and you want to get away from Magomedov, there is some leverage spots. Now, I mean, obviously, Magomedov could go out there and get a first round stoppage and, you know, yeah. he's going to be optimal at that price tag. Uh, absolutely. This is another spot where. You can see the clear line in the sand and why that ownership is jumping up. Hawk Parast, again, 28% top six. Whitaker, 28% top six. That's 87, 8,800. You get to 8,900 and it's 40 for Magomedov. You're, we're taking a step up in tier in terms of odds of being a high scorer and you're seeing that come back with the ownership. So we will get to another fighter that I think is slightly better at $100 more uh, pretty shortly. I can't get away from Megamedov there. I think his ownership is completely appropriate. That's that doesn't mean like I have to be there then. Okay. Uh one of our listeners just informed me of something. Okay. I did not know there are disc golf props on prize picks. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Tyler Shiggy said like how you pretty this? regularly. Yeah, <laughs> no, there's I, uh I would have made fun of that sentence a year ago and now I'm just like, yeah, it doesn't surprise me our chat's betting on uh Prize picks, uh, disc golf lines. I'm not shocked at all. Get yourself some Paul Macbeth, guys. Yeah, the uh, the comment was, if you didn't play uh, disc golf prize picks the last couple of days, you missed out on free money. Prize picks finally adjusted the stroke counts correctly. I didn't know. I had not been paying attention to it. <laughs> I do watch it from time to time on YouTube. It's a pretty good, it's a, it's a good product. It's a fun sport, that's for sure. Um, I love that it's on prize picks though. That and highlight being on here is just amazing to me. Look, I'm aware of disc golf. I had no idea people are gambling on this now. I, I should be surprised. I should not be surprised. People gamble on anything. Seriously, we will gamble on anything. Anything. You name it, they put a line out there, people will gamble on it. As I, I was literally I having, I was, I was literally having the conversation with my dad like two weeks ago as he was going to Vegas. I'm like, Dad, you can live bet on literally anything in a game at this point. Yeah, and just wait for like a year or two from now when it's like truly like like we're it's gonna feel like we're in England and you can legitimately just walk into any corner store and bet on something incredible. Like when we get all of these states online and it's just everything's out there. Oh, I oh, can't yeah. wait. Stupid North Carolina. <laughs> Stupid Florida. We had we okay. had gambling for like a month, and then it got shut down. It, I mean, I'm not surprised in North Carolina because we are behind the eight ball in most most things. I hate that we missed it by a vote, 
Uh, Florida, on the other hand, which is basically open season for anything that you want to do in the world at all times. <laughs> really weird to me that they don't want to take in like additional sports. But like, do they think that the, no, the entire no, state it, is so corrupt that they can't do it? No, the reason was so DeSantis did a deal with the Seminole tribe yeah, and they had exclusive exclusive rights to it. And then so some uh, South Florida sports books. I also believe Barstool got involved in it as well. Uh, and it got to the Supreme Court and uh, the Supreme Court said, yeah, we got to put a hold on this. So it's just going through the courts now. It's incredible. It's incredible. So like eventually it ends with what a percentage of the take is going to go to the tribal casinos again. That's the only way that it's going to work out, right? They're not going to take nothing. Yeah. Who knows? Who again. Knows? Like, look, you know, it's big business. Let's just be honest about it. It's big business. It is. It is. There's there's so much thing. there's so much money sitting out there. We all know it. We all know it. Uh, let's move over to the next matchup. We have a guy who is literally cut from the UFC, but oh, we're going to France. We need you on this card. Uh, Ferez Zaim uh, is a underdog here, plus one seventy on the betting lines. Mihail uh, Figlop minus two twenty here. As you look over on the DraftKings side of the equation, eighty five hundred for Figlot. Zaim is seventy seven. 100 here. Um, Figiot uh, comes over from Cage Warriors. Um, combo thrower does like the body lock takedown. Takedowns, I think, are our position here. He's a guy that I will be targeting because of the takedown upside. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the neural quantum processor. Because this is an audio ad, unless you can see it which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. So this is a tough spot for me. Uh, this one doesn't look good in our top stack tool. Uh, this is the second least likely to have a top six fighter. Uh, Figlak is 27% to be top six, 31% ownership. So while I am getting to him, those that's not the worst spread in the world. I am light. I am lighter than that 31% mark. I'm odd. I don't want to say that I'm heavy on the opposite side. I do have 13%. This is a spot where we are showing top six odds to be slightly higher than ownership. 14% for Ziam, 9% ownership. That's an interesting gap if you're looking to pay and get a little bit of an underdog. But 10% uh, odds of a KO is not exactly exciting. 14% chance of being a top six fighter. Again, not very exciting. That is not in line with salary. That is the fifth lowest mark, but not the fifth lowest salary. So I have 29% total exposure to this fight. That number is below the aggregate ownership for the fight. And like I said, with it being second from the bottom, it's a fight that I'm low on. The four fights that are the lowest odds of having a top six fighter are my four lowest by a mile. And I'm under the ownership marks on all four. Yeah, no, no, I do not agree with y'all. Uh, of course, uh, we got uh, about 10 minutes here from uh, MLB Strategy Show, so we'll kind of get through these fights as quick as we possibly can here. Uh, yeah, they can Imanov wait. The early MLB <laughs> slate sucks. Got Imanov and Buckley here. Imanov, 9,700 for Joaquin Buckley. Uh, you look at Imanov, he's won back-to-back -back fights via second-round submission. Uh, two of his three pro losses are via decision. Uh, he has not fought since November of last year. Was supposed to fight back in April against Kevin Gaslam. That one did not come together. Uh, Joaquin Buckley uh, is 5-2 and two in the UFC. I think there are some question marks about uh, the durability of his chin here. He's a guy I don't mind getting to as a under 7,400 and under fighter 
just because of the KO upside. I thought that that's where I would be. I thought he was going to look a lot like uh, John McDessie for me in that I, I thought that the, there was going to be more KO upside than I was originally anticipating. I'm getting the exact opposite in this fight. We've got 38% odds of top six on I'm Evolve and 32% ownership. That is the third biggest gap uh, only behind Egger and oddly enough, Whitaker. Um, I'm very heavily exposed to I'm Evolve. 47%, in fact, it's the third highest exposed fighter that I have. I didn't get to Buckley, 14% top six, 17% ownership. There are four fighters that I'm not getting to. Vittori, McDessie, Buckley, and then uh, we'll get to Perez in a little bit. <laughs> Everything else. So, like, basically, I'm, I'm, I'm taking stands on four fights in that if the other person wins, like, I'm just in real big trouble. The rest of it is going to be relatively spread out. But at 9K, given that top six odds, given that ownership right now, I mean, 45% KO odds, given the fact that we're showing 32% ownership, if our ownership number is right, I think this might be the best play on the slate. Yeah, I just, Emobob's just one of those guys. I, I just feel like I just don't trust him when it comes to getting that 100 plus points. But I, but this may be one of those positions to get to. But it just in, you know, you talk about punt plays, I don't mind getting the Buckley because of it. Yeah. Uh, next up, you got uh, St. Denis and Miranda. St. Denis, 9,100, 7,100 here for Miranda. Uh, Miranda making his UFC debut here. And one of the notes I have written down outside of the fact that he trains at MA Masters down in South Florida, does have submission upside. I wrote, not the greatest strength of schedule. And to no. literally where Tapology has literally marked one of the promotions he fought for as shady matchmaking. Yeah, evidently uh, Face the Danger is not the, the most <laughs> reputable uh, promotion in the world. They're just appa taking, apparently making it's, nonsense. It's the U.S. version of Gladiator Challenge, essentially. I guess what it's yeah. come down to. Uh, you know, he comes off a submission win. Uh, the opponent in that fight was five and five at the time of that fight. Um, you know, Saint Denis coming off a win here in his second UFC fight after taking a short nose fight against uh, Zalecki, and uh, always wins via stoppage. To me, this is a I'm. It's me taking Saint Denis, or I'm passing on the fight. So this is the fight based on our top six odds that has the second highest chance of be of having a top six fighter. The only fight that's ahead of that is the main event. Um, so I have all of this fight. I have St. Denis, but I don't have it up to the 38% that we're projecting. He is 42% to be top six. So I'm actually a little unhappy that I don't have more. And that is a, that is a spot where I would manually adjust up slightly because I think that uh, he's underrepresented for me. At the same side, uh, I do have Miranda... 15% uh, ownership, 14% top six odds. I just like the idea of targeting this fight because of how high it ranks in our top six odds. So I have Miranda around 30%. I need, I assume I need a flash submission. Doesn't strike me as a spot where he's going to be winning via strikes. Most of his record is probably phony or at least uh, his opponents were semi-phony. I don't know what to make of this. I hate his stupid mustache, but uh, <laughs> he will be a very important $7,100 fighter for me. One of the Stolfus, Miranda, Tuivasa, they are the three low-dollar fighters that I have my stands on. Uh, Perez, Buckley, Vittori, McDessie, those are the guys that I didn't. So I drew my line in the sand. I need those zeros to not be first-round knockouts. Anytime I go on topology and I start seeing a questionable strength of schedule, 
it scares me. It just scares I me. It's I like, don't like it. It's like, were you doing that on purpose? Like there, there is this, there are people have this mindset of taking a boxing route of trying to basically essentially fight no one before you have to get to the UFC. But uh, just around, I do not want to go. Uh, next up, we got Taha and Quinones. Uh, Taha, the favorite in this one, he's 8,300, 7,900 for Quinones. Quinones uh, got into the UFC last year with his win. Dana White's contender series uh, was supposed to fight last month, but the fight got scratched because of uh, visa issues for him. Uh, Taha, the other side, one and three, one no contest in the UFC. The no contest was initially a submission win for him. However, uh, he failed his post-fight drug test for a diuretic. Um, all of his UFC losses via decision. Look, I think Taha is the better fighter in this one, but this is also another fight that I'll have limited exposure on. I have one side of this fight. Not that I'm really excited about it. That's for sure. Uh, I have a bit more Taha. Uh, I do have a little bit of exposure to Keonis, but 28% odds of being a top six fighter for Taha, 24% ownership. That sort of leverage is always going to ride out for me. And it's in a spot where I like getting to what I think is a slightly underrepresented fighter because at 8,300, if it breaks correctly, you're pretty close to locked in there. Uh, that is the salary where... Based on his KO odds in relationship to Keonis's odds, based on his top six odds in relationship to his ownership, I think there's a little bit of value that could be squeezed out at 8,300. That said, at 7,900, I think Keonis is actually live here. Uh, I did get to 16%. So this is another one of those fights where I'm kind of cheering for both sides. Taha would be the actual victory that I want because I have a, a significant sizable exposure there. And with Keonis at 7,900, when that goes right, I'm probably in some trouble if I'm light. So I am cheering for Taha here, but I am exposed to both sides of this. 63% aggregate exposure, my third most exposed fight of anything on the card. The, the opening fight of the night, female matchup, which, by the way, is at 145 pounds. These are both uh, typically bantamweight fires. This fight is at 145 pounds. Stephanie Edgar taking on Aylin Perez. Perez making her UFC debut. She's 6,900, 9,300 for Stephanie Edgar. You may remember Stephanie Edgar a month ago. She was in the first fight of the night, and uh, she she tapped but didn't admit to it. Unfortunately for her, one of the judges, Ron McCarthy, was right there and saw the tap. And, and the, the referee in that job did a beautiful, did exactly what he's supposed to do, pulls everyone. And Ron McCarthy, who was literally right there, goes, yeah, she tapped. And then yeah. once she realized, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I did tap. She didn't want to admit it at first. This yeah. is one of those ones. Armbar guard is absolutely completely live in this one. Stephanie Ager should win. But if Perez can get this fight to the ground in some form, Armbar from guard is definitely live. I'm very curious to see what the line does as we get closer to Saturday. We have this 41% chance of being a top six fighter for Stephanie Yeager. 31% ownership. This is the biggest gap between top six odds and ownership on the card right now. This could squeeze. We will see where we get to by the time we get to Saturday. But looking at that data... Stephanie Ager should be the fighter that you're getting to most in GPPs. If this holds right now, if we're going into the lock right now, that's the fighter that you should be getting to more than it. I don't like it. I promise you that. I have 54% right now. Makes me sick. Don't really want to go this direction <laughs> at all. But 41% top six to 31% ownership is the best GPP play you can find. I have one share of Perez. God. Oh, man. 
I can't do it. I can't do it, bro. I, I don't can't blame do you. It. I don't blame I, you. Would you rather it, have it, Stephanie Yeager or Surreal Gone? That two hundred dollars allowed me to get to somebody else, though. It does. <laughs> I mean, that's, it that does. That that two hundred dollars could, in terms of line construction. I mean, it's just at the end of the day, we're talking about low level UFC women's fight here, and that thing yeah. is is what always concerns me when, when we're talking about those type of fights. Uh, of course, here the show, me and Pete, we always give our straight up fight picks. I don't know if you want to give your picks or not, but I'll, here, here's my straight up fight picks. I'll go surreal gone. I'm going to go with the upset in Martin Vittori. Uh, Lester DeCherico, give me the upset in John McDessie. I'll go William Gomez, Charles Jordan. I'm going to take Megan Medoff from a straight-up pick perspective. Uh, Figlop, Imovov, St. Denis, Taha, and Edgar. Um, you know, two, 200 dogs there, not not too many. Uh, surreal gone for sure. If... I don't have any problem going to Vittori here. I think this fight is a little bit closer than the line implies, especially given the fact that of the length of this fight. I'll go Kapalov. I'll go Hakparas. I'll go Gomis. I'll go Wood over Jordan. Um, Magomedov for sure. Figlak for sure. Amavov for sure. St. Denis for sure. Taha and Edgar. Get a super chat here from Samuel, and then we'll wrap things up here. Uh, top two cash for me, it would be Surreal Gone and Mihail Figlot. Uh, that's gonna be Surreal Gone, absolutely. And then, I mean, the way that this looks right now, probably Gomis at 8,600, second highest owned fighter right now. But mm-hmm. you get, you know, everybody else that's owned similarly, Magomedov is $300 more expensive, Saint Denis $500 more expensive. So I would say Gone and Gomis right now. Top two GPPs for me. I'm going to go Charles Jordan and not to sound like a broken record. Uh, Figlock. Egger, right now, based on what we have right now, Stephanie Egger has to be number one for me, just based on that lack of ownership. Uh, if we want to go towards something more along the lines of an underdog, I would lean. Probably like 8K Kapilov, honestly, just from a GPP perspective, a place where ownership isn't going. Yeah. Uh, favorite, uh, let's see here, uh, underdogs in, in terms of that. Um, underdogs to me, in terms of GPPs, Nathaniel Wood. And uh, I'll go for a second one. I will go uh, Jarno Aarons. I've got three low-dollar Fighters in the thirty percent ownership range. That's Stolfus, Miranda, and Tuivasa. Uh, favorite inside distance. I'm just going to kind of. We, we usually just point out fights here. Um, to me, yeah. the main event gone to Tuivasa. I don't expect that to go twenty five minutes. Uh, Magomed and Stolfus would be my other one that I would point to. I will defer to you on this one. Not something that I've looked at. Uh, favorite three play parlays. Um, I would look at gone inside the distance. Even though I don't really love putting props in. Uh, parlays but other ones that i would look at um i would look at the uh under one half on magomed and stolfus and then i would look at uh a saint denis uh wins uh, on the money line uh top leverage place don't love to get here to leverage play but man the ownership right now is showing up to me is the uh kopalov to fight Stolfus for me, uh, I like the bottom end uh, with top six odds in relationship to ownership. But once again, I got to say, 
Stephanie Ager, even though she is 31% owned, uh, we have top six odds that are significantly higher, and that pays that plays a lot for me. Yeah, I mean, you know, and looking at top optimal plays, I mean, I mean, look, I, I don't feel good about saying Stephanie Ager, but you gotta look there and then I mean, look, and then I think it's just it's the winner, Jordana Wood. I, I would be surprised yeah. if the winner is not optimal there. Uh top dark plays for me, um, I would say it's Joaquin Buckley. Gabriel Miranda. <laughs> So, like <laughs> so then same always throws his over under on stoppages. So we got 12 fights. His number's not bad here. Six and a half. Uh, I'm going to say over six and a half stoppages. Uh, the total volume of uh, our KO odds is 595%, which implies six. So I'm going to take the slight under. Yeah, it's uh Samuel's numbers sometimes are not very good. This one's actually not a bad number. So I'll give, <laughs> no, I'll give him that it, one. It's a good line. It's a good line. Of course, appreciate everyone tuning in here for the strategy show. Of course, coming up next is the MLB strategy show. They'll get you ready for today's slate. Of course, I'll be back here on Saturday uh, with Greg for Live for Lock, 10 a.m. Eastern time. So appreciate everyone tuning in. Hit that thumbs up button. And, of course, uh, leave a comment in the comment section below. It does help us out a lot. Appreciate everyone tuning in. And I will talk to you on Saturday on Live for Lock. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.